Nobody beats the Wiz, bro. Hey, we back. Yo, episode 12. Episode 12. Anna, how's it going? We're getting into the, uh, to the, 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 well, I was about to say the heat of October, but I guess that's only for me. Uh. Yeah, no, that's not a thing. We're getting into the, the cold of October here on the East Coast. Uh, no, things are, things are pretty good. The foliage right now is absolutely gorgeous. Do you get foliage in California? No. Is that a dumb question? Is that a I dumb mean, question? No, it's not. Uh, okay. there's, there's not. It's not only palm trees. Like, there's regular trees. But, uh, I mean, today it was 96 degrees. So, like... So you're yeah. not getting foliage. But it is in full swing right now uh, on the East Coast. And it is, like, oh, breathtaking everywhere I, you go. I miss it. The trees are probably dying here, too. But not in the pretty way that they die on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fall is usually my favorite season. Do you know what... People like there's like a, a thought to it though that what people say because the leaves are falling and they see the trees are dying, it like makes them sad. Like like that's what like can spark depression. And I was like, mm. oh, that like makes a lot of sense. Whereas like I'm looking at the tree like, oh, how beautiful it's transformed. Like it's going <laughs> through a transition. Like thinking like glass half full. Like I would, that's how I usually am. Yeah, I would say that that doesn't contribute to my seasonal depression. I would say the lack of sunshine and vitamin D is probably more of a factor. I always liked jumping in piles of leaves and kicking them everywhere, which my mom always hated when I did because I used to, you know, you kick leaves in New York. Like those leaves are just full of like fucking tree bugs and shit. <laughs> also, again, much like my snow conundrum. I was just going to say, bro, is there trash bags underneath them too? <laughs> Not trash bags. You could usually see see a trash bag that big but like <laughs> I'm I was thinking more like if the dog shits in a pile of leaves and it's you don't see it like that's not <laughs> yo I re-listened to that part of the episode last week and fucking lost it like I was like I literally had to pause it just to laugh all over again like it's a it thing was so good. people need to people who live in new york city like tell me if it were grew up there like if or who, anyone who has ever been in new york and decided i'm gonna jump in this pile of snow on the corner tell me if you've ever hit trash or if i'm the only person that's ever landed on trash we're gonna have to do a twitter poll i feel like we're gonna have to do some type of poll like instagram or something like that because i swear to god i truly think you're the only one i'm sorry well, it was during one of the, I think it was the 2010 blizzard because that was like the one where we, like the buses were stopped in the street. But I legit like was just like, oh, look, there's like piles of like mountains everywhere. You could just kind of like jump in them. Trash. We've, we've had some, yeah, we don't get them often, but when we do, we get them so fucking bad. Um, but yeah, we'll have to do an, an Instagram poll. But um, I thought this was really cool. So for those who do not know, like I'm, I'm in, I'm a pretty avid journaler and I, I don't keep it like a, a diary as much as I like do it for like my own sense of peace and mental health. Um, I highly recommend it for anybody that like struggles, especially this time of year, like once the sun's going down earlier, um, when it comes to like anxiety and things like that, the, the best thing, well, one of the best things for me besides like, you know, meditating, making sure I eat right and having like a positive outlet to work out and things like that, uh, journaling is, is like the thing that helps keep me sane before, especially before bed. And what I love most about it is that sometimes I'll just like go back into old books just to really see like 
where I was like this time, you know, a few years ago, because, you know, you have like Facebook and Instagram kind of give you those memories, but it's not the same as like hearing your own words, like kind of the story from yourself. Um, But so I thought it was really cool that two years ago, literally to the date yesterday on the 14th, you and I were together with Kristen and it was probably the first time since you had gone to LA that you came home. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And uh, I think I mentioned to you before, it was because Time Hop came up and reminded me that this morning I was tweeting, complaining at JFK, being like, thanks, TSA, for throwing all my crap through the scanning machine with no regard for my things. Oh, yes, I do remember that. New New Yorkers and TSA is like a fucking frenemy situation that could just be truly its own. Like, that should be a series of some sort somewhere. I know. Like... The TSA like needs to be like 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 a New York Times series or something like Specifically that. Specifically JFK, like that. Yes. Was there. Anyway, but yes, please go into this. I love so that. so I wrote. Um, so Cole has kind of like mentioned this in some of the previous episode, but like how you know she left, you know, to go back. Uh, well, she left to go to LA. Really, it was like her time in hindsight now, right? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, mm. you grew up. It was a time for you to kind of like find who you really were. You know, really sit and grow up and just like. Because the New York, I felt like for a little while there was definitely weighing on you in all the ways in which we kind of talked about in the previous episode, that like toxicness. But um, so I I wrote like this weekend was exactly what I needed to be home and recharge. I really don't want to go back uh, to Connecticut. I love spending time with my parents and seeing Cola last night. It was I was so happy. uh, um, I was so happy to just feel at home again, especially with Kristen and her. She looked like she was glowing and I just have always wanted that for her. But she is my jerk again, and I am so happy. It feels like she, it feels like she is at home again, and I've always wanted that for her. Oh, that is just so. I'm, I'm. Uh, it's so beautiful. I'm, so, yeah. I, I'm like. Uh, uh. So I also called you jerk. Like I literally wrote it in my. Oh journal, yeah, so. we we should explain that because you've done that a couple times on here. Uh, I don't. I don't actually know where the name came from. I remember it's something from high school. Like you had like pissed me off. Yo. I can't we believe you played that. We were playing, were we playing like badminton or something like yes, that? Yes, we were. We were, that was our sport in gym class for the, <laughs> for the semester. If you can believe how dumb fucking that sounds. Cause it was. You, you kept like missing the shuttlecock on purpose. Like you were just like being a doof and you were like making it really difficult for me, but like finding yourself so entertaining. So I was like, Cole, can you stop being such a jerk? And I kept calling you a jerk. And then it just like kept coming out of my mouth. So anytime I saw you, I was like, hey, jerk. Hey, jerk. Like, it just like stuck. Oh, wow. I, I didn't actually remember that until like you so asked me to jump Anna, Anna has not only given me that nickname, which only she calls me. And that's the only person that's allowed to call me that, that I will take it Correct. affectionately. If not, we're going to have words. But uh, you also gave me my cola nickname. I did. I yeah, did. <laughs> freshman year, I met you at your locker uh, after Italian class, probably. And uh, you turn around because we were at to like head down to the cafeteria, and you were like, "Can you just shut my locker, cola?" And like, no one had really. I don't know what. I guess people were using my first name, which is Christina, which um, mm-hmm. told a lot of times it doesn't suit me, but I like it still but no one's basically since yeah. i've been 14 like no one's ever called me that ever again because no. kristen calls that. you that when she's annoyed with you oh she does yeah she does she calls <laughs> that when she's annoyed you. Where i just call you jerk 
but I also say it affectionately, but I, you're right. I don't, I actually, I don't think anybody really besides her, I've heard call you Christina. I've always, um, well, my family does because they're all colas. So yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but oh, yeah. a, a, a little twist on my last name. It's a shortening of it. But uh, now there that was I, the yeah. girl that was pissed. I remember that. The girl in high school who oh, was my. like, her, her name was like, her yeah. first name had something with Cola in the beginning of it. And yeah. she was pissed. No, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But here's what's so funny about this. Okay. I always give this story as an example when we want to talk like uh, Brooklyn High School because mm-hmm. like, speaking of like I try to explain like we did go to an all-girls high school but it's like I think people have certain ideas of what that looks like and I was like okay but put it in Brooklyn like because I was sitting in the Catholic Center as you remember what the Catholic Center was because that place was like basically a student lounge and there were couches everywhere and you Mm -hmm. tried to basically nap on them if you could without the nuns Mm -hmm. seeing you and saying get your feet off the couch like, why did you put the couch there if you don't want me to lay down? <laughs> anyway, so I'm sitting in there. I'm reading a magazine, um, a, a music magazine, actually, Alternative Press. I will never forget this because it was I see this like still so vividly in my mind. So this girl doesn't come up to me. She has three of her goon squad come up to me <laughs> and surround me. And I'm alone. And I look up and I'm like, can I help you? And... <laughs> They basically are like, so you're Cola? And I'm just like, yeah. And they're like, mm-hmm. we're going to need you to have stop, people stop calling you that uh, so-and-so is Cola already. And she was like, I think, a year older than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, okay, well, I really can't control what other people want to do. So they're just like, it's in your best interest. Or whatever the fuck they said, some stupid gangster, some gangster shit. fucking and big I, threat. I know. And I was just like okay sure uh but like what what was it like and honestly i think they even dropped it after that like all these empty threats but i was it's just funny because it's just like uh sure be a shame if something happened to you yeah that's exactly (laughs) although didn't they like deface one of our friends lockers yeah yeah after i signed my name on it that was some fucking Uh, stupid anyway what's funny what's funny is that like I didn't know that that was what people call. I didn't even know her. I didn't. Like, know I her never either. heard anybody call her that. Like, so it's not like I heard somebody call her that and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna start calling Cola that." Like, she, I didn't. I it, well, that it was didn't. the other thing that was really funny about it because these girls came up to me like, "They're like, do you know? Don't you know who we represent?" And it's just like, "What the fuck is this? Like, this is the Godfather." Like. <laughs> Oh my god, I hate us, but that is like dead accurate. That's kind of funny that in a way I I am the fault as to how you got into your almost first fight in our high school. Whereas like a couple years later, I got into a fight, an actual fight. Well, almost. I don't actually know if that was a fight, but an altercation of some sort, an entanglement of some sort, because of you in a way. It was your sister. But but yeah, you were sticking up for her. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, so isn't it funny how we kind of like each almost got our asses oh. kicked because of the other person? It was so stupid. Those girls weren't going to do nothing. Like if if they were the type of if they were the type of people to do something, they would have done it already. And that's the way I see things now too. Because yeah. do you remember there was that other time? Fuck, I forgot what this chick's name was. She was super cool, um, but she was in an altercation again with an upperclassman, and I guess 
one day they were in class and please tell me you remember this so I don't sound crazy oh my but God, wait. This, the upperclassman was walking past the classroom and she saw our friend in the classroom and yep. this girl ran into the classroom and tackled this girl out of her yep. seat and started yep. fighting I do remember that I do so remember that that's it wasn't anyone that I knew that was associated with that upperclassman to which I would have maybe taken the threat a little bit more seriously but that's my point of like if you were going to do something you wouldn't be standing here with warnings you would be doing it already so that's about yeah it. but I yeah I think that's that's so fucking funny wow way to the way to take me down memory lane Brooklyn High School is just so so interesting I mean like we'll we'll have to find a time to <laughs> that later. but like fighting <laughs> fighting is just like so like I think I've, I said this to you, like only recently have people, I have like someone like say like, wow, you're so kind was like one of the f- like first words that they had used to describe me. And I was like, wow, no one's ever used that word to describe me. And shout out to Kristen for being a true best friend. Because when I asked her, I was like, do you think I'm kind? She said it in the most like backhanded compliment type way ever. She was like, well, I would say it's like a top 10 word for you. Maybe not like a top five. <laughs> like thanks bitch um but I think it's just because we're not allowed to be kind right we said we kind of talked about this last week but we're not allowed to be kind because if you're kind you'll get your ass handed to you real fucking quick so like you're constantly on the defense because like it was nothing for someone to look at you the wrong way and just get you'll get popped in the mouth yeah, I mean, like, there was another time, oh man, I'm thinking, I'm just, this is not what we wanted to talk about today, folks, but it's just all coming back to me. It's happening, it's happening, let's just do it. There was this one other time, I don't remember who was involved, and even if I did, I'm not giving names, because what is this? Um, but, like, they, there was a fight in the cafeteria, remember how there used to be the piano down in the cafeteria, like, in the corner? Oh my God, yes. I, I know this, because that's where I had band rehearsal, that's right, y'all, marching band right here, saxophone. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got to throw that shout out, but uh, these two girls got into it and then I turned around and all of a sudden this one girl's got the other, grabbed the other girl by the back of the head and is slamming her face into the piano <laughs> and like hitting the keys. Like you're hearing like the ding, ding, like the, 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 and I'm just like, oh my God. And what's crazy is like, I think it always took a second for the people to stop what was going on. Like the nuns would then come run over, but like, I think they couldn't, they almost couldn't even like fathom what they were even seeing right now that it was actually happening, that it took them like a minute to be like, Oh shit, that girl's getting like piano teeth mouth, you know? Like, <laughs> Yo, I, I always look back and I'm like, these fights were so funny to me. Like, I think that's what I always, I, so I actually never got into a fight in our high school besides that one interaction but that's because I am the worst type of person in those scenarios like because I just like don't take people seriously I like laugh which only enrages them more right but it makes me feel so much better to like laugh at them but seriously though like that's the best way to go like we didn't get into any in school fighting uh no no but but the fight I got into is because I started laughing at the girl who threatened me while I was like trying to like when I stuck up for your sister. Right. And then she and then before I knew it, rumor had it that Anna threw a girl down the steps and she you didn't, didn't. You didn't. You just yanked on her bag a little bit. She's like fucking goofy uh, bitch. She could have fell. Yeah, she's fine. She did she take a tumble? Yes. Was it at my hands? No. I will never confirm nor deny. 
anyway, the point is, the, I think laughing it off is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Because it it's does disar- not, it makes it's angry, disarming, like, you know, because they, even they may be angry, but they don't know then how to address the situation. And again, if they're the type of person that's going to do something, they would have already do it. done it. So yeah. they're not going to wait for you to respond. They're already going to have their fist in your face. So <laughs> You already have piano teeth. Piano <laughs> teeth. <laughs> Anyway, um, all right, enough of this fucking bullshit we just waste all your time with. Let's let's get into what we actually have some thoughts about. We could do it. We could do a whole other episode on like fighting in Brooklyn and all that nice. shit. Yeah. Um but all right, yeah. So we have some thoughts. Where do we want to kick off this week? Do we want to do our boy New York Nico? Okay, I love New York Nico. He doesn't I don't know if he knows this podcast exists yet, but I hope uh, eventually we're gonna get him. we're gonna get him to pay attention at some point because uh, we are i don't think i know two people more obsessed with him than us yeah he's, he's just don't think. he um, really is but the latest thing that he's doing aside from the dead ass bees clothing <laughs> line which i fucking love uh, i'm obsessed with it he's trying to replace all new york sports teams with new york dead ass bees and this bee has like fucking tims and a oh my god anyway not the point but what i'm what i'm going through is this it. little this little series he started doing where he's taken photos around Manhattan of like uh, establishments that were once one thing and have now due to gentrification become something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so it's just a photograph and you can go to his Instagram page to see it. it's at New York Nico. And uh, it says it's got the photo of the location and then over it, it's text. It's like, if she doesn't remember this being a tower records, she's too young for you, bro. So basically <laughs> like every location is different and it's telling you the original thing of what it was maybe like 10, I don't know, 10 plus years probably ago. More. Yeah. yeah the, the one that got me were the was the Dallas BBQ. Oh, I just, yeah. And the Blockbuster one. Like, that fucking killed me. Yeah. I also, the Grace Papaya, I didn't even, also, I was going to say going through these, because he's got a couple of them here. Um, some of them made me really fucking sad, because some of them changed, I think, in the past three years that I've been away. And yeah. I didn't realize that wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It is. Yeah, there are so many fucking good ones. The Virgin Megastore also fucked me up. Oh my God, this one too. Virgin if she doesn't remember the being The Wiz. Do you remember The Wiz? Fuck yeah, I remember The Wiz. There was one in, on 86th Street. Uh, Nobody, beats Nobody beats that The Wiz. Cool. Nobody beats The Wiz, bro. Um, Yeah, I remember that and then the... Like Tor- that fucked me up. I was like, oh my god, when was the last time you saw the Wiz anywhere? No, basically fucked me up. The the Raymore and Flanagan that used to be the Toys R Us. Yes. Wait the the Wiz. For people who don't know, the Wiz was like a like a Radio Shack, pretty right? much. Yeah, yeah, like very similar. They went out. They went out to. They went oh, out of business a while ago. When we were young, I think they went out of business. But yeah, the pa- oh the Patsy's one also got me upset. Yeah, because Patsy's was the Italian restaurant. Yep. Uh oh, this one. If she doesn't remember this being a Dean and DeLuca, she's too young for you, bro. I had no fucking idea that Dean and DeLuca was not there anymore. Did they go out of business or they just closed that? I don't even know. And obviously the coffee shop is the saddest one where there's yep. a chain now that fucking destroys but, me. But that's the is that the from wasn't that like featured in something? The coffee shop? Featured in a ton of things. Anytime they shoot in Union Square, like hmm. That one's really sad. But yeah, that is the, she's too young for you, bro. Which actually, I guess, like, if we're going to, like, 
all right, like, yes, we love New York Nico, but really the originator of that was the Jersey Shore. I mean, yeah, but it's fun, like, to have this little I mean, spin on it. It's hysterical. If she still, if she still uses Velcros on her shoes, she's too young for you, bro. Like, there's so many, that's where it originated from, but I just love that he took it and put, like, his own little New York touch on it. We love New York Nico. Um, we're going to get him to pay attention to us. At some point. <laughs> it's like my um, goal. Him and uh, Josephine from Stoop City. Oh my God. I love love her. Uh, But yeah, so that was, that was, we have some thoughts for, for that. Did you have any that you like even thought of for yourself? Like things that like when you go back and you're like, Oh, I miss it. Uh, I really miss, there was this bar in Brooklyn called Legion bar where we used to do comedy shows. Uh, And it was kind of like our little like dirt hole of a place that we used to do. I did a lot of stuff there and I think it closed. Um, it closed when I was still away. It's hard to do because I haven't been back since last Christmas. So uh, mm. I would say that's just one that I think about. I think another bar might have opened in its place, but it's definitely not Legion. <sighs> that is said. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's, what did I say her handle was? Stoop Society. It's Stoop City. I said it's Stoop Society. I always fucked that up. Uh, yeah, I I think of like, even in my own neighborhoods, the things that have changed, like the Genos down in Bay Ridge. <gasps> no. You remember the Genos? Is, is that one still, is, I don't know if that's still open. I feel like one of the, no, 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 that one's open. The one, I'm sorry, the one in, uh, the one on 18th Avenue closed. And that was like a huge staple. Like we would get like Parnell specials from there. That one closed a couple of years ago. My parents told me and I was like devastated. And I think some type of like, I don't even fucking know what's there now. But when I walked past it, it like crushed me. Is, um you know, what I got to ask is Little Record Store still there on 18th Avenue? I think it is. And okay. I, t- I told you, we know, I still know the the owners. He used to live on the block I grew up on. Let but. me tell you, I went in there a couple of years ago when I was home and I would just wanted to go for nostalgia's sake. And I was like looking at all the stuff and I was like, maybe I'll buy something just for the shit of it. And uh, then the woman started talking to me. I was like, oh, nice. I'm having a conversation. She's like, yeah, and all the foreigners are in Italy are taking all the jobs. I was like, all right, bitch. Like we didn't, I didn't come in here to have this fucking racist ass <laughs> conversation with you. Ain't nobody was interested in that. Yeah, I'm anyway. pretty sure it's so yeah, it's temporarily closed, but it's still open. Yeah, okay, good. That's all I know. 18th Avenue and 71st, yeah. Uh that's so funny that you said that. Um the other thing we wanted to talk about that we for we had some thoughts. I read this this morning and poor poor Cola got a 5 a.m. wake up text for me. <laughs> to be fair, I get like midnight 1 a.m. text for me. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's fair. That's fair. It offsets. Like, yeah like we do it to each other but so time out new york and we're gonna we're gonna post it on our instagram just because like it's just so fucking good uh it's a new medusa sculpture now stands victoriously across from a new york city criminal court so for those who don't know the story of medusa basically right like she's this mythical monster that wow there was my accent she's yeah. a mythical monster, <laughs> a, monster with, <laughs> a mythical monster with snakes uh, for her hair, right? And she's constantly looked at as like this villain. Um, But this new statue that was put out in front of the New York County Criminal Court on Tuesday uh, basically is meant to be a picture of empowerment really for victims. And it's this idea that we can turn this like concept of being a victim into a survivor. And so it's called, um, well, so originally it stems from Medusa with the heads of Perseus. Uh, It's by an Italian artist that actually made it. Uh, Its name is Luciano Garbati. Come on, can't get any more Italian than that. Our people. Right. But 
Yeah, it's our seven foot statue that stands of uh, in Collect Pond Park on Center Street. So it is like the dopest shit. If none of you have seen this, please go look at it. The figure, like, it's just like the most boss shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but it takes the story of Medusa. So like I said, Medusa's normally looked at as this victim, but I didn't know this part of the story. But the idea was that Medusa used to be like this beautiful maiden that um, she was a maiden in Athena's temple. And so she was stalked and violated slash like modern interpretation would say raped by Poseidon, who's the god of the sea. Um, and according to to this whole, you know, to Ovid's, to Ovid's metamorphosis, uh, she was once the most beautiful and the best part about her that people admired about her was her hair, which is why then when Athena found out about the rape, she banishes, she banishes Medusa and then curses Medusa and then gives her the head of snakes. Right. And then Perseus has to go and kill her, blah, blah, blah. But the idea of this statue particularly is that it, it, it kind of switches this narrative. Right. And Garbati asks the question, the person who created the sculpture is how can a triumph be possible if you were defeating a victim? Oh, I love it. Right. So it kind of like, it, it kind of takes this idea that, you know, Medusa was, was actually, this is like the spin on empowering her where she's the survivor. So she is victorious and she's actually holding Perseus's head with the sword. Whereas like we've, we've attacked her all this time. Um, it just, I don't know. It, I read it and I was like, this is some of the coolest shit. And I just love very much that it's like in front of a criminal court, right. Which is highly meaningful by itself, because especially if this is a court that, um, it has high high profile abuse cases like the Harvey Weinstein case. Like this was where it was charged. So yeah. uh, I I love the symbolism of that. It's kind of like the the girl facing the charging bull on mm-hmm. Wall Street. Um, yep. I love that, and I love that we continue to get great art in you know these times where things like this happen. My only um, you know it isn't a fucking amazing statue. I love that photo that you sent mm-hmm. me. Um, I just hope that, you know, eventually we move past just only these symbols and start mm-hmm. kind of taking more action. Cause like, yeah, like the girl on wall street's amazing. And like the Medusa thing is amazing. And it's just like, you kind of hope what goes on inside of the courts kind of matches that sentiment that you're trying to set, which I, I think maybe we're making slow but steady progress but it i feel like it's we still have a long way to go but that's so fucking cool i love that so much yeah i love i i agree i think the biggest thing when it comes to people often like struggle with this concept but like the law is not the moral monitor do you know what i mean like just because like the law says you can or cannot doesn't mean there isn't something problematic or wrong with it. Whereas like people like to use law as like the moral compass of things when it's like, there were a lot of things that were once legal. Right. That were problematic. And now there are a lot of things that are illegal that really aren't that problematic and it's only harmful. It's more harmful. Right. So it's like, I love, I would like for people, what I love about this is it's kind of like saying like what we know is the normal right now should not be our normal. Right. So our, we've seen a lot of times where, you know, the court, the system has failed people, although you and I would probably argue that they didn't fail anybody. They actually worked the way it was always intended to work, but that's a whole other argument. That's, that's the legal mind. You do not have time to go into that today. (laughs) Yeah. That's the legal mind, Anna, that will exist for another day. Um, I personally like love law things, hopefully again, going to law school at some point, but 
that is like a passion area of mine. But yeah, I just love the the symbolism behind it. But unfortunately, the the issue and the reason you can't use law as your moral compass is because it takes for fucking ever to change. How should we end? We have some thoughts today. Did you have one more? You had a Facebook thing? Yes, yes. So my time hop today, and this is like perfect for what we're going to talk about today. Um, 12 years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but 12 years ago, on this day, you and me went to go see Mayday Parade. Oh my God. All time low. Maybe not all time low, but maybe like forever the sickest kids or. I think it was, was this 2008? It was all time low if it's 2008. Yeah, so it was 12 years ago um, at the Bowery Ballroom or Irving. It was either Irving or Bowery Ballroom. It was one of those. But uh, yeah, yeah. so I got the little memory today and it just like made my heart swell up. Uh, And the reason why is because we're going to talk about today our musical influences and how we kind of like grew up to love music the way we did and how we currently do and what some of our interests are and like maybe how like New York and our families kind of help cultivate that. Hell Yeah. Uh, I love when we get little memories like that. It kind of, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, I would love to make my own version of that app that it's like, here's your fucking mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't steal our idea. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, yeah, that concert um, that was, damn, that was 12 years ago. Uh, I would Mm -hmm. say that's definitely on the poppier side of my musical influences. Not so much where I'm at anymore. Those are, aren't even bands. That, those are bands that definitely defined like that era of us. And yeah. school, I feel like uh, mm-hmm. so it was good that we kicked off high school with this episode. Um, we did. We did. But, but what do you think as far as like, I don't know, like music, New York, uh, how, how that's like kind of intertwined. I feel like my identity with Brooklyn is extremely closely tied to my love, like the love of music I have, especially like the artists, right? Like, People from New York, especially, the second there's an artist that's from where we're from, oh yeah, we ship them harder, like, than you can, like, you have, like, a loyal fan base for life, right? So, um, I definitely feel like it was tied, my musical, my, my wide range of music love definitely comes from my dad, uh, like, he, <laughs> I always make fun of him for this, he's gonna kill me, uh, he used to burn CDs. So for our lovely listeners who remember a time of burning CDs. Yes. Oh, I know. We all did. But <laughs> we all burned CDs. But what I loved about my dad was that he would burn CDs by genre. And then he would name it like Daddy's Pop 1, Daddy's Rock <laughs> 2, Daddy's Country 1, right? So it's like, oh, Daddy's Rap 1. So like he oh listened. Oh, yeah. My dad like when he like he doesn't like listen to modern day hip-hop and rap but like my dad like I think like Gangsta's Paradise is like one of his favorite songs in the entire world he's just like so cute but like his entire like his entire love and range of music like so that's why like I grew up listening to you know or even like daddy's oldies right daddy's Motown so um I, I listen to like, I know it all, like I listen to it all. And that's, but a lot of the influence, I think growing up for, for me was again, if you were from Brooklyn, especially like I, I, I like, I, I was naturally drawn to that music. Cause we all were, which is like why to this day, my favorite artist, like if anybody knows me, you know, like 
very, very closely tied to Jay-Z, which is why you even said to me, and I like love this, this is like one of my favorite facts is that like, I got you like one of your favorite albums, I think is a Jay-Z album and that you had never listened to until I told you to listen to it. Yeah. It's the black album is my, my favorite Jay-Z album. Uh, I love that album. Uh, I would say the blueprint is close behind that. Um, but Mm. yeah, I, um, my musical taste has like really varied a lot growing up. Like my mom used to play the Beatles in the house all the time. Like if she was like Mm -hmm. cleaning or whatever, um, my parents had really good taste in music, like the bands they listen to. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, we were, uh, kids in the nineties. So like the, the boy bands were real big and like, definitely Mm -hmm. I would say like, you know, though those pop bands were like my first bands you can't even really call them that but you know what I mean like the Backstreet Boys and and Sync the Spice Girls like all of that in the like the early 90s um and then around the time and I I never forget this like when I was like 11 or 12 um I was starting to like kind of go through some changes and I was like (laughs) uh I don't I don't want to listen to like, I want to listen to like, cause my mom had always been playing the Beatles in the house and whatever my, I was like, I want to listen to, I want to be a fan of like a band that plays the instruments. Like not mm-hmm. like up until that point, it was a lot of, like I said, those pop groups. So I just mm-hmm. went into like my dad's like CD collection. And the first one on the top was uh, no doubts return of Saturn. And that is arguably one of their more punk sounding albums. And Dude, your I was- dad owned that album. My dad loves uh, female fronted bands. Uh, yes. So he's a feminist. You're yeah. a feminist, Mr. Cola. You won't say that, but yeah. Um, anyway, so I saw that on the top, and that's like I said, one of their more more punk sounding albums of their, uh, you know, discography there, uh, and it has Gwen Stefani with hot pink hair on the cover, and mm-hmm. like. It's like they're in space and the dudes the drummer's naked like jumping on the bed and I was like I don't know what this is but I immediately was drawn to the cover art so I just picked it up and I started listening and the first song on that is ex-girlfriend and that song is like super punk so, it's just, okay. yeah. it's so heavy and like that's like I was just like oh this is better so then when he came home from work I was like I went and like took this cd from your thing and like I want to listen to more bands like what what are bands I should listen to and he's like well, you got to listen to the Ramones because the Ramones mm-hmm. are from New York. Um, yep. And so he gave me all his Ramones stuff. He gave me um, his Joan Jett stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he gave me Cheap Trick, which I, yeah, it was good, but not didn't quite hit the same way as the Ramones and Joan Jett did. Um, and then yep. from there, I kind of like decided like, oh, I'm I'm going to be like, I want to be like punk rock. Punk rock's my thing now. Um, so it was just very interesting. Obviously, like some of the bands I started listening to, who else got popular later on? It was like those pop mm-hmm. punk bands. So that, yep. was, that ended up becoming like a big thing for a while. Um, and then eventually that led into like the harder sounding stuff, which, you know, seems m- normal to me because it's like when you're in high school and college, it's like, you know, what are your, your problems are like, you know, very pop punky kind of problems, I guess, if you think about some of the mm-hmm. context of the songs. The emotions, uh, your emo, you're in your feels. Right. I love emo music. Give me a good emo band any day. Like that shit's Same. good. Same. So uh, it's it's actually funny because you said that, like, which led to your like punk. Like, so until you like I so I had like listened to like so first off, let's let's start the stage right here though. I fucking love a boy band to this day. 
because of growing up in the 90s. Like, I don't, like, ride them, like, ride the train of them all really, really, like, hard. Like, there's, like, a bunch of groups now, like, five seconds of summer. Like, all right. Like, I have, like, a line in which I drop. But, like, Jonas Brothers, One Direction, like, fuck me up. Love them all. (laughs) So, I think... But my my music for the most part at that point was very much like like a lot of like old school like I would say like rock I was I was exposed to and a, like I said a lot of hip hop a lot of rap um, but also like at that point like maybe just like Lincoln Park because of like my brothers um, and honestly like a lot of like freestyle music which is really funny because <clears throat> I just learned this only recently like we talked about this. There's a station called KTU, which we have in New York, and it's called The Beat of New York. And I didn't know this until fairly recently that, like, it wasn't really, like, syndicated or streamed out very much. But, like, what we now have is, like, modern day tech, like, or, like, house music. Or, no, what do they call it now? Like, EDM? Oh, dude, I could never get in. That's the one, one of the genres I never So, it's the genre that started that is freestyle. And so, like, Stevie B and, like, all these, like, low-key hidden people. So, like, I was, like fairly exposed to that but when I met you you started like sending me like like I'll never forget do you remember the first song you sent me that I like fell in love like with that music when I get home you're so dead by Mayday it was the album but it was the album but do you remember the song oh I don't remember the song I don't think Jamie all over oh what is Jamie all over oh that's yeah that's a great opening riff that song is great great fucking song so that, that album to me. is really good i still stand by that album for mayday Parade. oh i i still will listen to it this whole time and so little by little at that point i mean we were like 13 14 right and i started like getting like pretty but i had to like low key keep my emo and punk like under wraps like it was never i couldn't like commit to the scene like <laughs> we would like go to shows and i would like watch everyone around us and i'm like nah i'm good i'm just here for the week. <laughs> Well, I think that's, that's also, I will say like nice about getting older too, because like, as I got older then, cause like, you know, when you're in it, like, and you're just trying to be cool and like, you're afraid to say like what bands you like, cause you're afraid they won't be cool. And, yep. you know, I had, I definitely had to deal with a lot of that bullshit from the scene, but then eventually you just like, you know, you, you kind of start going to, um, you know, you just go to shows and then you find other bands through there. And like, I've some of mm-hmm. my favorite bands now, I would say I saw as like openers to other bands, which is insane. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember seeing like the Menzingers are one of my favorite bands. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember seeing them, I forgot who they opened for, but I, it's not going to come to me at this point, but I remember seeing them open in like 2013 and like, who is that band? Like, that's fucking amazing. Like mm-hmm. that's, that just shows the impact they had because I don't even fucking remember the headliner. Like I was there yeah. probably the headliner at the time and they opened and I was like, I love this opening band. Like, um, well, that's what I think when we saw anytime we ever saw Mayday Parade. So like 12 years ago, they were not the headliner, but we were, the, I mean, I was there for them. Cause I, I think forever the sickest kids was the, the headliner and I just like could not care less, but there's actually another opener that show, I think they were called like the main and there was like, they had like one hit song, but Joe, do, do you know that? Like, now? The main, the main. I'm so serious. Are you, 
I'm going to okay. I'm gonna give you, uh, actually, the, I'm going to recommend you listen to one of the mains albums that came out a couple years ago, because it is like a solid pop rock album. Like, this is a fucking bop. They still, like, All right. I can't, I can't believe they're still a thing. I mean, so's. The name of the like, album you want to listen to is American Candy. That album is exactly what it says. It's fucking sugary pop punk, and it fucking, as the kids say, slaps, okay? <laughs> Anyway, but can't stop, won't stop was the one that they were. Yes, um, that they were basically touring off of at the time. Yep, yep, that was oh my god, so so great. But yeah, I, I guess like, what would what do you say draws you to something musically? Like, what is it for you that it's just like yes? Well, it's interesting because like I now like my taste in music just like very I mean like it's mostly still like on the punk side of things. Anything punk sounding is going to grab me, but uh it's funny you asked me this cuz my friend a couple weeks ago had asked me kind of a similar thing cuz I'm in a band and you know they were like, "Oh, like if you had like an ideal like if your band could sound like any band, what is the band that it would sound like?" And I'm like, "You know what? Like I don't have a specific sound when it comes to music I like. I look for lyrics. I'm a writer." So Same. I am looking for really good lyrics. If anything has really good lyrics, it's telling me a story like, and I can relate to that. Like mm-hmm. I would go for that over like a specific sound. Like, cause there's mm-hmm. plenty of punk bands that I listen to that are just like, this is great. They're not really saying anything, but I'm enjoying it. But like the ones that like tell a story, like those are the ones that like inspire me to write and like inspire me to like, put like good work out there because I'm like, ah, I can, you know, I want to do that too. You know, I can do that. Um, you know, so at least like b- lyrically bands that come to mind again, like it's probably what drew me to the Menzinger is in the first place. Um, you know, particularly the song that always comes to mind when I think about a particular time in my life, maybe around the time before I left New York is the song, the obituaries. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a great song. It's from one of my favorite albums on the impossible past. And Mm -hmm. it just starts off. um, uh, Oh God, now I'm being put on the spot. I can't think of it, but it's, we stood and stared at the carnival lights that lit up New York city from a rooftop Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn that was covered in bad graffiti. And then I let Mm -hmm. a thousand splinters pierce right through my spoiled liver. Like, Oh my God. Like that is just like, that's fucking good. I just got goosebumps. It's a good song, like, and it's like, it's just that whole album is just like some from very specific time in my life. And I just like will grow attached to these bands and these albums and then like, you know, playing them back will just kind of take me back there. They were yep. the last band I saw in New York before I moved was the Menzingers. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely, so that's so funny. You said, I'm not, I mean, I like to write, but I'm not a writer. I know I, I reference a journal prompt but uh or journal writing but clearly i'm no poet based on what i wrote there um i think for me it's when a lyric i can like pull it out of a song and have it stick in my head and like either like make me laugh or make me say like huh like those are my and i think that's maybe why like i'm so drawn to like you know um rap music so much and and hip-hop in general is because actually hip-hop this is really funny hip-hop was is not a genre of music it's actually a culture and a lot of it stems from new york 
Of course. So I, I think that's like really, really important. Like anybody who like watches, so Netflix actually just put it out like the hip hop evolution. You will learn that like hip hop became, is a culture that really predominantly started. I mean, we could even argue that it started a little bit in California too, but like the evolution yeah. of where it came from, like, yeah, it's heart and soul is definitely in New York city. So I think for me, why I'm so drawn to it is because a lot of the times people are like, it doesn't sound like they're saying anything, but if you like catch that one line that sticks out in your head and it could, and it couldn't, it could be like a very not like, it could be like kind of like a fucked up line, but whatever it is. But if it sticks out in your head, it's just like so fucking good that it like makes your soul happy. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah. again, makes you just stop and take that second to be like, wow, out of everything you just said, you were going so fast. I was able to pull out this line and it still found a way to resonate with me. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I think that's what does it for me. That's what's f- funny. You mentioned that because I, I do like a little uh, painting Instagram account called bad punk rock watercolors. And I essentially just do that because of that, what you just said, where I pull a lyric that speaks to me and then I will mm-hmm. like, do from some fucking painting around it i'm not a good painter people but it's just like a quarantine activity i decided to pick up but uh but yeah i totally uh i agree and i think there's something like very like punk like i think punk and rap are actually like more similar than everyone you know uh i mean people don't like fuck like fuck around like that anymore but when we were growing up i felt like there was like a very clear divide and like to me they always seemed very similar because they both are to always seemed very anti-establishment to me in some way um and i don't know like it's just uh you know you can argue also that like there's some punk songs that you're like i don't know what they're saying i was like well first of all you can always look up the lyrics second of all uh and sometimes when you do that and kind of like find what those you know find that what that was that you weren't hearing originally but once you read it you like understand it and then when you play it back it's like oh wow that's great you know um yeah so I don't think like not understanding is should be like a a limit there I guess I don't know I I I think there's a lot of similarity between the two and not to mention like New York's got its like there's always that argument of where punk rock started and i still say it's fucking new york city it's always going to be new york yeah. well because like so it's not there anymore what is it cb, CB i always CB. fuck it up yeah like it, i feel like even not someone who is expo- like like i was aware of it again because of my dad and stuff like that but like i can't pinpoint where it might be like we know the birthplace of uh girl what is it like grunge seattle with nirvana but like i can't think of any like groups or bands that aren't linked to new york city like again from i and i'm talking about the most popular right because i'm not as familiar with all of it as you are but i would 100 agree with that for the obviously because i'm biased but (laughs) (laughs) like i I would have to agree with that no Um, i mean like it's i mean scenes were popping up everywhere but new york definitely had one of the obviously cbgb became one of like the centers of that scene for like a long time and i'm just speaking from secondhand obviously i wasn't alive and by the time like cbgb closed i think i was only like 13 or 14 um and you don't know damn well uh, angelo was not letting me go to fucking the lower east side by myself at like he wasn't um (laughs) But that's around the time when it closed, I think in like 2003, 2004. Um, and, you know, I was always super bummed that I never did get to see it. But 
I did spend a lot of time in other, I think New York city has great like venues, like regardless, like as far as like a lot of the punk shows I used to go see, honestly, like the studio at Webster hall, which is the little basement section, like sweat box of Webster hall. Uh, that's where I saw a lot of fucking really great shows. Um, that and like, uh, Irving Plaza and the Bowery ballroom. I seen, Oh my God. The Bowery ballroom is just like insane. I loved it there. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm thinking of, like, anytime I also think of, like, New York City music scenes, I think of The Garden, which is, like, yeah, it's, like, I, I, so, again, because of my, my, my friend that I talked about in the first episode that I consider, like, one of the best, one of the best networks that I could have as a friend, yes, like, I, I adore her very dearly, but so because of like what she does for a living, I've, I've very much been, um, fortunate to meet some of these, you know, like really musicians in person. Um, and I actually met one of them the night he sold out the garden for the first time we were like behind the stage and she was like working and for the record, like people should know when it comes to like celebrities and shit like that. I could not, and this is where I'm so thankful for being where I'm from. I could not give a flying fuck. Like I do not get starstruck. I am someone, I'm also like an empath and I'm like someone who very much like, ex- I like to think I exist on my own little like axis, which no, we're going to no, do. Planet. I really am. Like we're going to, we're going to do another episode. Like, so I, I started I, this episode before we, we started recording with Cole being like, yo, Mercury's in retrograde and your girl is feeling it. Like we can, we can do a whole other episode on like, you know, our, our signs and stuff like that. But so I'm also a water sign, which means I'm an empath. And so anytime I like meet these people that are famous, I like immediately can like sense the room. And I just hate knowing that like every single person in this room is so like, I feel bad for them because like they're all industry people and you can tell they're constantly just like walking on edge because they know they're being judged. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like who's wearing what and like, like, who has this drama or who isn't as good as they think they are, who doesn't have as much money as they think this person does, you know, Man, like you would, you would love LA. It like hurts me. So like, I'm very much able to like walk into those rooms and like, just be kind and like, not really like pander or give in to any of it. So when I met this particular musician and I was like, wow, like, you know, you sold out the garden and bless my, my friend. Cause because she does this for a living, she like, doesn't know, she's very much in the mindset of like, we don't talk to the artists. We don't talk to the, to these people because you are there to work. You are not there to be their friend. Yeah. And so when she finally is in the scenarios where she has to converse with them, she like doesn't know what to do because she's like, uh, okay, hi, bye. But like, he clearly was trying to engage in a dialogue. So she was like, thank God you were there to like be my conversationalist. Cause I wouldn't know what to do. But I was like, you sold out the garden. Like, how do you feel? And he's like, honestly, like, this is a dream come true he's like the amount of gratitude I feel right now like he's like I've dreamed of New York City and he's a country artist he's like I've dreamed of New York City since I was a little kid like yeah I feel like the garden is definitely like a milestone for sure uh I was just thinking like I mean I love all those little like I love history being made in like small venues but like Mm -hmm. if you told my band that we were gonna get to play the fucking garden like yeah I would not I would not like stick up my nose at that like I'm not too like cool to play the fucking garden like it's the garden like it's Christ like 
that's so cool. I, I should mention also, since we're on this whole, like, I, we're going to steer Thank away from the punk tear for a minute. Uh, we got to talk about Billy Joel because <gasps> my he's, man, he's the king, right? Like I fucking I love, love Billy. Billy Joel. Any playlist I have where I'm walking around New York city has got to have some Billy Joel on it. Um, Dude, you gotta, you gotta share those, those New York city playlists with the people. I'm working on them. I'm working on them sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we got to talk about Billy Joel because like there is something, I know I wrote that little bit on like the jazz trio. I'm very much like a listen to jazz as well. Like walking around New York type of person. Uh, but no. it's the piano, the piano element and all these things. And like, I need uh, to get my sister to tell me what those chords are, but there's just specific chords. And I know these come from me growing up, listening to Billy Joel songs, but it's just the sound of this particular piano, these notes that just immediately will evoke New York for me. And I think that's because of the piano song. I know it doesn't have to be a specific, like it could be any song, any song with a particular piano bit in it. That is like uh, in the lower register of notes that I wish I could tell you it's like a specific note combination, but surprise, surprise. I'm not even there as my, a musician myself yet, which is why I'm like, my sister would definitely know how to figure this out. Um, but it's just like piano immediately evokes New York city to me. Like, yeah. And I don't know if that's the same for you, but I think that's no. because of Billy Joel and like, it's again, I, it doesn't have to be his song. It just has to oh, have to be. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just, you associate it with so, so closely. I, I'm so glad you brought up Billy. Cause like for me, I, I recently just, um, I just, uh, told a friend of mine, like, because only the good Die Young had had come on. So remember, I love lyrics, right? Like I like listening. I like listening to it. And I like, and I feel like often only the good Die Young is used the wrong way. Have you ever noticed that? Like people will use the line incorrectly or the song incorrectly when like someone actually dies, like people like taken too soon, like someone will actually say like, oh, you know, like only the good die young. And it could be a phrase, but a lot of the times like they are saying it because of the song, but the song is actually about, he's trying to convince a girl, Virginia, to give it up. Yeah. So like, come on, come out, Virginia. Don't let me wait. You Catholic girls start much too late. Uh Right. Like only like, there's like the best line in that song is I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Like the sinners sinners are more fun. fun. That's right. So there's so many, like, I like always just laugh. I'm like, no one's pulled out any of these lyrics, but what I love about Billy Joel is his essence. Like he is, I think a lot of what New York city music essence is right. Cause like he can, like, he has like a lot of like funky music and like a lot more upbeat and fast, but then he has like that sultry soul that like, like when I think of like New York state of mind, I'm like, yes, where he's talking about like, you know, I just want to take it easy. Like, I always think it's so funny, right? Like the lines, like, um, like, I, like, like, I just want to, or it's, I, I can't remember the line, but he basically is saying like, you know, I want to leave this all behind no matter what, cause I'm in a New York state of mind. Like I want to take my, my Greyhound on the Hudson river line to the New York state of mind. like, it's, it's all, it's, I think he's just like a beautiful essence of New York city. He tells me, tells New York stories. He tells stories about like people that you would like, you would know. He's the romance on. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's tells like these stories of like, either that you can relate to of people like, I know that family 
or I know that, you know, I know what that's like, you know, it's just, um, like I was talking to my girlfriend the other day about scenes from an Italian restaurant and I was like, yeah, well, you know, they get divorced at the end. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, didn't you listen to the story? And then I like started saying the lyrics for her and she's like, oh my God, I never <laughs> realized that. And I'm like, yeah. Well, it's, it's, such an up, it's an upbeat song. It's fucking amazing. It's my one of my favorite songs of his. I would say it's fun too, because you can like listen to his catalog. I just want to say 52nd Street is my favorite Billy Joel album. Um, I, that has mo- most I, of my favorite songs on it. My, the, the like best moment of my whole life, like I'd been dying to see, um, see him in person. Like I've always wanted to see him live. And when I was at Penn State, he actually came oh, to play. Lucky son of a bitch. And it was, it kind of sucked though, if I'm going to be honest with you. So it was like beautiful. Like I like, I cried a little bit, but it was beautiful, but also like it was kind of lackluster because I was in Pennsylvania and like the people around me were like there, you know what I mean? Like they were kind of like there to appreciate him as like the artist. Whereas I'm like, like I'm a New Yorker. Like I should be seeing you at the garden. Right. Cause he has a, does he still have his residency there? Yeah, I did a whole joke about that uh, at one point because I was like, man, this guy, I love Billy Joel, but that man went to rehab so many times. Like he keeps like, I was like, he's doing this because he wants to pay off his like rehab bills. But that being said, like still love him no matter what. But I always say this about like a lot of people that we, so you said 52nd Street is your favorite album? I have to double check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's The the Stranger. Oh, that's a good one too. She's always a woman to me is on that is on that album. Uh, Everybody has a dream. Only the good die young Vienna, like one of my Vienna. favorites. Oh, we could cry to Vienna for hours. Uh, but <laughs> but um, what I also love is like you can listen to these albums and you see how they change like through the decades. And it's really funny because uh, I forget what the name of the album it is, but I was listening to Modern Woman the other day and I was like, yo, we are at peak Christy Brinkley period right here. Like, <laughs> How that man landed that woman, I think he even still amazes himself with it. But like, do we, do we think that's what Parks and Rec did with Gary, Jerry, Larry? Oh, and that's weird. Chrissy Brinkley, yeah, one hundred percent. That's what I always thought they were doing, like kind of like low key mocking Billy Joel. I mean, maybe because like, I mean, like, first of all, together as a couple, if you Google like photos of them, I love how this became a Billy Joel episode. Um, (laughs) Google photos of them from like the 80s. They're a hot fucking couple. Like even he doesn't look so bad. Like when he's he's, he's a stud. Like I'll, I'll totally get, he's a stud. Not Um, right now, but like, yeah. No, 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 Like I'm talking about when you just said, when you look at pictures from the eighties, I'm saying he is a stud when I'm looking at the picture from the eighties, not, not right now. (laughs) Billy back then, not Billy right now. Love you, but no. Uh, Uh, But yeah. So there's like, and you could tell like it kind of up, it's like all that up tempo, like kind of like pop. mm -hmm like sounding thing anyway modern woman's a great song but of course we had uptown girl which was great and she's in the video great video um yep. and uh yeah it's just funny to see like uh you know that how things how his stuff has changed over time but also um gotta love the song los angelinos from streetlights streetlight serenader is that the the album streetlight serenade yeah streetlight serenade yeah, yeah streetlight yeah, serenade yeah, is song. oh wait the, what's the album? Streetlights? No, no. I thought it was... Oh, here we go. We're going into a Billy Joel deep dive. We really... <laughs> Hope we y'all are enjoying know. this so far. 
Yeah, no, we, I was going to say for, for me, when I think of like New York, Billy Joel is probably the only (laughs) artist that I think of that isn't like a hip, like a hip hop person like when I have like so I myself have a New York playlist although it's not nearly as robust and fantastic because especially when I think of music like I I look to you as like the music connoisseur in my life only because like I have a wide variety like a catalog that would I think impress a lot of people but like you're you're a musician like you like I said you were in it all started in band but you're a musician like I think you (laughs) you're like, you're a writer. Like you, I think you get a lot more of the, I guess the spirit of music. Whereas like, I'm, I'm all about it for the emotional pieces that like where it resonates with me. But so a lot of my New York city playlist is, uh, some Billy Joel and just a whole lot of hip hop. Like it's a very, (laughs) it's a very funny playlist. Like Wu-Tang. So I always, I love that people forget that Wu-Tang is actually from New York, but they it's get all, forgotten. And you know why? It's all Staten Island's fault. Because <laughs> they're from fucking Staten Island. There's signs everywhere right now, like around our neighborhoods that like when you walk around, they look like those like presidential signs, like, you know, like vote Biden, vote yeah. Trump, blah, blah, blah. And it just says, presidents are temporary. Wu-Tang is forever. I love that so much. It's so fucking great. Like I get so, so hype and- um, I had to like explain what that meant to someone, and I was like, "Oh, you Ugh. fucking New Englanders! Like, I hate Uncultured you, cultured swine, <laughs> cultured swine." Like it for me, especially like m- some of my favorite, like I think songs. Obviously, anytime Brooklyn is shouted out, like it just like makes like lights my soul on fire. Oh yeah. Um, like obviously, like I always feel like people are like, "Oh, like Biggie," and I'm like, "Yes, of course." Like. Um, I actually, my friend turned down the radio the other day when when Juicy was playing and I was like fully in my, my like, actually fun fact about Juicy. I once got let into a bar in Texas. It was a huge line. We were in Austin and the song was playing like on like these speakers on the street and the song came on and I like fucking was like singing the whole thing word for word. And it was this long ass line and the bouncer from the front saw me. Cause again, I'm in Austin. Like this is like country texas even though like austin has like like a young feel to it but i was like living my best brooklyn life and the bouncer literally pulled me out from the line and goes you come here (laughs) and like i like so i was like uh okay i was like oh my god am i in trouble i was like i haven't even started drinking yet like what did i possibly do and he says to me he was like do you really know the words to this song and he's like a huge giant like like black man with like all these tattoos and I'm like uh yes (laughs) and he's like continue and I like then said the next verse and he was like you got any friends with you and I was like yeah I was and I like pointed my two friends in the back and he was like all right come on in I was like well I was like there's a cover and he's like don't worry about it so yo that is the greatest fucking story I I was gonna ask you what your favorite like concert or like music moment but I was gonna say in New York but like honestly like I think that's that's pretty cool that's it the probably the best one for me was seeing oh my god that's like such a hard fucking I know it's impossible I know so my favorite so my favorite one of my favorite Jay-Z albums now is um this is actually kind of a hot take uh I have so I've always had a top three that like never moved right and so it was the blueprint um 
uh, it was the blueprint. Um, oh my God. I'm now I'm just thinking the 444 was like the one that actually replaced yeah. my old one. The Black Album's actually one of my favorites as well. <clears throat> and the Life and Times volume one. Oh, like okay. That, so, so that was always like my top three until 444 came out. And then it, I kind of bumped out the Black Album like a little bit. Oof. It got the bump, but here's why. So my favorite part about, you know, growing up listening to Jay-Z and like, obviously his story is absolutely remarkable. If anybody has like never like read anything about him. Like I highly encourage it. His it's a little problematic, sure, but like his perseverance and his intelligence, like like he's incredible to me. Like his resilience and like he's like a true he's a true New Yorker. Like Wait, he's a true Brooklyn. Is 90, 99 Problems is on the black album, correct? Yeah. First of all, love that song. Second of all, do you know my mom? I will never forget this. I had to bring this up. My mom started calling this woman that we knew in our neighborhood 99 Problems. Because my parents don't listen to Jay-Z for nothing, but they know the song probably through like me or like my sister or whatever. Maybe she heard it on the radio once, but she calls, she called this woman 99 problems. She's like this woman. She just like, I guess like every time she came up to my mom would just start like rattling off all the issues she was having. You know, it's like one of those people that you just like immediately just goes into all the shit that they're in. And it's like, you know, like, how's it going? It's like, everything's miserable, blah, 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 blah. You know? And so my mom, just forever still calls her 99 problems to this day if you ask her what so-and-so's nickname was she's like oh 99 problems i'm just like that's fucking amazing i'm sorry the black he gets a he had a lot of like uh that's when he worked really closely with pharrell for a while there because i think like change closes on there yeah yeah Uh, but so yeah a lot of um what so it wasn't until 444 came out that so my favorite jay-z song of all time the longest time was song cry okay and that's because hello i'm a water signs very emotional song right like i get it but you have to be tough right like i can't see it coming down my eyes so i gotta make the song cry and i just like love that vulnerability and so i had missed so much of that whereas like a lot of what jay-z started producing and giving it or putting out after was not very it just it was him but it was more of the persona mm-hmm. whereas then when four came out that was like that song cry jay-z that i've craved for so long so that's why um, so for me seeing him at the barclays performing a lot of 444 i mean like i could also say the first time i saw him i could see say the second time i saw him i saw him at yankee stadium with eminem oh right i remember y'all went to that yeah i saw him with justin timberlake like i've seen him so many times but for me I think that was one of the most like full like just a beautiful moment for me because it was like here's that vulnerable person that I've grown up my whole life adoring like putting it all out there the way I always like like I can remember the first time I heard song cry as a kid and now it's like here we are and it's like you just you've you've never let me down you reminded me of why I fell in love with you all those years ago oh that's so great you know what I mean so what what's yours um, all right. So I, again, it's very hard to pick, but I'm going to say one that feels very New York to me. Um, it was when I was on one of not my first date, but one of my first dates with, uh, one of my previous partners. And, uh, mm-hmm. we, I believe we went to the Bowery ballroom and obviously the Ramones, most of them are, um, unfortunately, um, deceased, but I believe, mm-hmm. and I, I, think he's still alive marky ramone who was the second drummer for the ramones Mm -hmm. uh i believe is still alive 
Um, and at the time, so this had to be like 2013 or 2014, maybe. Um, but we had decided to go see, and it was uh, an entire Ramones cover set, which doesn't sound great, but Andrew WK was the front man for the band. And Mark, I, Ram- I, I know, me too. And Marky Ramone was on drums. Um, so it was just quit. It just felt like very like young New York for me. Like, uh, you know, before the set, we were like in the alley behind the venue, like having like cores from like the bodega that we bought. And we were just like talking to each other because it was like not as loud as like it was inside. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like a really fun night. And it was just an incredible fucking set. Like it was as close as I was going to ever get to seeing the Ramones. Um, yeah. And it was just a, it was a good experience uh, with that person uh, that I was seeing at the time. So um, it, I would say that's in my top, uh, you know, concert experiences. I, and maybe honestly, like a close second would be the very last time uh, that I saw the Menzingers before I moved. It was like, that was the last show I saw in New York. And like the place, was, it was Irving Plaza. The place was fucking packed. And I actually um, had a panic attack because uh, there was like, there was no more air in that room. Like, yeah. I, it was just- This in- is This is clearly pre-coronavirus. Yeah, uh, yeah well much yes well before then before end times um but uh it was it was just fucking incredible like i have some videos from that show on my phone still and like it's just amazing to see like the way the crowd just like in unison and i've always said this like the menzingers aren't a new york band uh so but they're they're from philly around philly so like i I have a thing with like East coast bands. Like I always say, and I wrote this down right before uh, the show. So I wouldn't forget good lyrics are born from cities with harsh winters. Um, or maybe those are just the ones that speak to me the most. Uh, yeah. Because I, I feel, love that. right. Like at least all the bands that I like are like my favorite bands are all from either like New, New York or like East coast area where it's just like, Oh, you know what a winner is, you know, like, I love that, dude. That's so fucking epic. I, I'm right now like going off of like the the people I gravitate towards or like I'll listen to, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're on the East Coast. Oh yeah, they're from the East Coast. Not to like, say that like, I I don't love like West Coast I, bands. Like, there's some good ones. Whatever. They're fucking nothing compared to New York bands or East Coast bands. Like, let's let's be realistic. I mean, it's um, just most of my catalog. Like, if I'm gonna go to something, that's what I'm gonna go to. Um, you know, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of California punk bands that really like made an impression on me too. So that's fair. That's fair. I think, yeah, I, I'm always going to be drawn to anybody that can make me feel seen in a way that like, I don't know, like it, it, if it evokes that emotion in me, like I'm, I'm naturally going to like feel attached to you in some way. And I think yeah. again, that's why I, I've been drawn to like, like you said, I think that's a why a lot of people in New York will gravitate towards obviously because we ship like people who are where we're from, right? We have so much pride in our city, but I think it's because we know they get it right. Like this, this grid or anything you and I have been talking about this whole fucking podcast, the essence of, of what New York is like, they feel seen in those lyrics. So they're more likely to gravitate towards it. Right. Um, there's even this uh I want to shout out Pup too, because they're another one of my favorite bands. They're oh, from- yeah, wait, 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 wait. They're from on, I- Oh yeah, go for it. Where they stand for it, hold on. Perf- performing under par. Oh no, wait, did you I did 
pathetic use, pathetic saying? use of potential i believe it is pathetic use of potential okay, I, think sorry, I was like i could be even wrong about that i actually i did a, a an episode of my friend's podcast a couple years ago uh and she, no i think that's where i listened i yes, listened and it I was like, it was all about pup who is my favorite band and uh it's something like that i probably fucked it up now but anyway the point is they're one of my favorites they're from toronto which i'm like oh you get it like so <laughs> don't you know, so like Who fucking knows winter better than Canada. Well, it's also like Toronto's like I feel like the New York of Canada. So like, anyway, the, yeah, the we, point is on the on the first album they have a, a bunch of great songs, but one of the ones that always like resonated with me right away uh, was a song called "Dark Days," and the chorus is literally, "This winter hasn't been so rough. Yeah, it's been cold, but it wasn't cold enough." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like that seems like such a New York way to look at it like it's just yeah. like yeah it's it's whatever you know like so like again it's like it doesn't have to be like because I don't know it's hard I feel like to start a band in New York City proper because like it's not the same like in LA it's a little bit easier there's a lot of space out here there's a lot of space to like soundproof yeah. things and studios and I've been to a couple of That's them true. to play music in New York but it's just much more easily accessible out here um but uh you know it's just uh so like i, I kind of rely on like those bands in the surrounding areas that i'm just like you're not new york but you're pretty fucking close and if you capture that vibe and the lyrics like will speak to that same essence then i can get on board you know then we, um then we could fuck with you we fucks with you that being said there's an excellent book i read and uh, i don't remember the author so that's on me but it's called meet me in the bathroom and it's about the New York like rock music, like the, the the sound of indie like rock and punk that was coming out of New York from 2001 to 2011. And it's fucking awesome. It's where you get the strokes. It's where you get the yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, that yeah. whole scene. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to. But that scene too is just like, also has a very specific sound because again, like these bands were all born out of New York City. I do love the strokes a lot um but it's not the same type of sound that maybe i would typically listen to and that i think has been born out of the limitations of we are a new york city band like this is what this sounds like you know yeah um, yeah but it's still I really good yeah i i i yeah i think what i just appreciate most like now that you've said it is that we we fuck with well we fuck with you because you get like again it's the grit it's that the shit you're going to just get us on a deeper level that we don't really ever see, especially like, I also think like it, music hits a little bit differently than like a TV show, right? Like we've talked about some TV shows because I, I don't know if it's like a collective consciousness of some sort up oh, here, here I go. I'm back on my planet bullshit, but I don't know if it's a collective <laughs> consciousness of some sort, but like when, like, I think when I think of like misery loves company, I think like, wow, New York is probably the best example of that. Right. Because of that yeah. like toxic place that it can be, but it's a collective consciousness of some degree of like, as New Yorkers, we are, we think we're each going through it, but we're all going through it together. This yeah. like hustle and hustle, this, like, we're never, we're never, you know, performing as high as we think we should be. We're constantly in competition of the next person, the rat race, all that stuff. Right. So it's like when you, and for some reason, obviously music will always do something to us that like a TV show or a book can't do. And I, I read somewhere, I read somewhere once it's because like 
what music will do is it's stimulating, it's stimulating many things at once in a way that like all those other things can't, right? So like you're list- you're hearing it, you're thinking about it and you're feeling it all at the same time. Well, yeah, it's exactly. So music is kind of like evokes what all those other things do to each like singular sense, I would say, right? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe reading to, I don't know. No, cause I can't hear a song. Like music is like, mm-hmm. when I'm listening to music, like it's the soundtrack to like the show or the movie I'm creating from my memories basically. And like, what? <laughs> that was so fucking powerful. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Sorry. Um, like, but oh it's true. God, like, amazing. but that's why I can take us back so quickly, right? Right. Exactly. Like, right. I if I put on on the impossible past by the Menzingers, I'm 22, and I'm at Mike's house, and you know we're just hanging out, like, and all this shit's happening. And or if I put on like the Wonder Years, No Closer to Heaven, like that's the wonder years yeah like that's another album where i'm just like oh i'm at the tail end of my um party days in new york you know like everything or like uh you know brian fallon's album painkillers will always remind me of that first night that i slept with a woman and i walked home the next morning through washington square listening to that album and it's just like you know that's the best thing about music. That's why music's the best. You know, it's because like, Mm -hmm. it's instant. Like you think these memories are gone or you think you can't remember something specific from a moment, but then like a song will come on and you'll just remember, holy shit. Like last Christmas I was at my parents' house and I rediscovered that song Constantine by uh, something corporate, that fucking 10 Mm -hmm. minute emo jam that we all rocked out to in high school. And like, I put that on and I was just like, I was in high school again. And it was just like, me just like not know you know and it's just like my friend had told me that Constantine is like very specific in the sense that like you know it's because we usually at least from our generation that listened to it when it had first come out it was like we listened to it at a time when our lives hadn't actually happened yet so and these are his words I believe not mine so I don't want to take credit but we become nostalgic for things that haven't happened yet and I think that's so on point for what Constantine was. And now listening to it back, like those things have happened to me now. So it doesn't, it just brings me back to that person I was when I was like 16, you know, and not, it doesn't, but it invokes those same like memories and those same people and those same feelings. And it doesn't actually pull from what I had experienced because those are attached to like different songs that, uh, you know, that I eventually discovered. So this is very interesting. I I love that we get nostalgia for the things that haven't even happened yet right because it's like that's like the while they'll, they'll say like you know Adele can make you cry and think about the love you the love you never actually lost like she'll just make you want to like call up that guy at Starbucks that like maybe winked at you two years ago right like the power of of a good lyric um I also think the more I, I've, I also read, like, I think it was in the same article. I also read that, like, people who are not, I, I don't want to say, like, simple-minded, but people who are, I guess, are more of, like, complex minds. So when I think of, like, people who are artistic um, in some way, creative, like, we need that outlet because of our emotions and our constant thoughts. So, right, like I said, for me, like, journaling is is one of the ways, but, like, that I get my thoughts on paper. So it's like people who constantly recognize symbolism in everything that's happening. People who are basically, I guess, in tune with the things outside of our day-to-day lives. 
music is the way in which it kind of like calms the storm a little bit, but also what it does is it, it makes you create a sense of home, which is where like, like you said before, like, um, like, I would you say that I really love you're, you're like fucking throwing so many things at me tonight that I'm like, my, my brain is like, I'm sorry. Uh, it's It's the soundtrack to the memories you're creating. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's like one of the most, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I always think like if we, if I couldn't hear like another song again, like, would you rather never watch another TV show or would you rather never hear another song again? Never watch another TV show. Easy. Same. Like, I same. It just, it's not the same. Like, I, I know, mean, like, I, I feel the same exact way. Whereas like, and, I, and so that's why I was so happy. Like we wanted to talk, we were going to talk about this tonight because like I've been on such like a, I'm telling y'all like universal Anna, like she, her planets are like so fucking aligned right now. Um, even though Mercury is in retrograde, uh, <laughs> I've just been on like this, like universal, like messaging shit, like hard body. And I just constantly like the only way I've calmed down this week, because I'm like almost overwhelmed by like a few things, right? Like gratitude, I'm really, really, I like today we did like a self check-in with like our staff meeting at work and it was like, well, what's the word you're feeling for today? And I was like, hopeful. And I haven't felt that way in a very, like, I mean, it's a fucking pandemic, like no one's feeling hopeful, especially like everybody's like miserable right now. But I said hopeful. And the only thing that's really been helping me calm down through this week for like my overwhelming amount of emotions is music. Yeah. It's the, it's the thing that got me through like, you know, uh, my homesick bout because like what did I do like sometimes you just have to feel the feeling right so I'm sad so I'm gonna put on that song and I'm gonna be sad and I'm gonna cry and then tomorrow I'll feel better but you know it's, it's just the only about- way to the only way to get through it is to go through it uh again I'm just name dropping all basically my whole playlist here but Aaron West <laughs> and the Roaring Twenties who is the lead singer from uh, the Wonder Years, it's his side project. And he, mm-hmm. Anna, I, can, I don't know if I've recommended this to you yet, but I feel like you'd really like it. So he put out two albums and I believe an EP in between. And he essentially created a character called Aaron West and wrote these albums as him, Aaron telling his story through these albums about how he lives in Brooklyn and his family is from Long Island. And like, it just goes through this entire, and it's a completely fictional character and it's fucking incredible and wait you actually have i have a few favorited on my spotify i'm looking right now i think you have actually recommended this to me one of them is from the second album uh that i was listening to that uh specifically was you know very important when i was going through my homesickness thing was uh just sign the papers which is a song about aaron's divorce uh but it's the Mm -hmm. chorus that gets to me because it's you were the taillights like a lifeline when the storm arrived. I followed you all night to the rain died like a long goodbye. And it just reminded me of the night I left New York. It was raining. I had to say goodbye to my best friend outside of a bar and she didn't even say goodbye. She said, I'll see you. I'll see you later. And like, that was like <coughs> so important that she said that to me at the time. And like, I got in the cab and the cab just happened to take like this route back to Brooklyn to my parents' house because I had to take my flight to LA in the morning and I got to see like all of the city. Like like dr- it drove through like all of where I spent like my entire like 
20s and like youth and it was just like so perfect so anytime I hear that song anytime I hear that chorus like I'm again there's the memory like I'm right there um you know dude that just welled me up like I low-key started crying um like but that's because I'm again I'm in my I'm in all my feelings these (laughs) last couple of days um but yeah I I don't even I think we have to end on that wait that's just like that's just like the most fucking beautiful thing. Like, dude, you just started making me cry a little bit. Um, well, how do you like? How do you top that? First off, that those fucking lyrics are absolutely insane. But also, like, for real, anyone out there, just listen to Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. Start at the first album and listen through in order. It is a story. It tells you a story about this man that he that this songwriter, fucking Dan Campbell, is so fucking talented. Like, created this entire fictional world. It's like he wrote two books in an album. It's f- amazing. We're going to have to, maybe I think what we'll start doing is um, anytime we listen to a song, maybe that reminds us of home, we can post it on the Instagram Oh, and that'd oh. be a really good idea. Yeah. And like, why? Like, we're going to, we're going to post why, like some of the lyrics and some of our twist on it. Y'all because are, now, y'all. now you just have me thinking of like all of the songs where I'm like, oh, I, I can hear this song. And I remember specifically what bar I was at and what friends I was with or yep. like, uh, I can like listen to so I think one of the other like reasons I'm obsessed with Mandy Parade is because the whole um like their first EP was like the thing that got me through like my first like high school heartbreak right like I can remember like standing on 18th Avenue with like with my iPod uh walking home like trying not to cry because I like still hadn't gotten an Instagram like an IM from them yeah they were ignoring me so like it just it's like that shit just takes you back but yeah i i think we should start doing that for the instagram and i I think you should start with some of some of that because i think that'd be great i'd love i'm like i'm gonna like go cry now because i'm just like so moved by everything that just happened (laughs) oh i love it you got a you got a a softy episode here for the listeners but don't worry next week we're back to cracking skulls and taking names (laughs) yeah next week we're back to our asshole selves what the fuck what the anyway fuck? uh oh yeah all right well it's been fun we should do it again next week let's okay well i'm anna i'm cola and we're two broads from brooklyn thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs>